don't think you you were you weren't born in Bakersfield, right? No, I was born in uh, Westwood, L.A., Los Angeles, and um, yeah, basically, my parents met in like the West L.A. area, and my grandpa was like owner of a bar called Patches, which is like after <clears throat> our last name, Patchinelli. So, um, yeah, it's part of my story and part of the reason I guess I am who I am. But uh, basically, my parents were young and, you know, kind of, you know, live people, live wires. So for whatever reason, they, they split up and my mom moved to Bakersfield. And that's how that whole chapter started. <laughs> so, yeah, from like, uh, what was it, like five, I think, to like uh, 13, I was uh, in Bakersfield, or at least, yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. I'm like 37 now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember that. And I remember, because um, I remember specifically there being a time when we went to like UCLA or like USC and, your your pops dropped you off and like like with to, to like meet up with us i'm like that's dope and i asked you and you had to something like yeah yeah you know like your your family lives in la your family in la i'm like oh that's dope and i just remember yeah you being and then you being uh they, they gave you a nickname we all call you mini mike yeah that was your nickname for for a while back then yeah, and then I remember, um, yeah, finding out what your real name was after I actually played tennis with you. Oh, his name is Michael Paginelli. I always thought he was Mini Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually joked like nowadays, like if I meet another Mike or somebody with a name that's like common or something, like, they're like, did you get any nicknames or you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, we used to. Yeah. We used to just fucking play tennis and just be goofy. Um, but anyways, what happened what what happened to you after high school? Once you graduated high school, did you end up going back to LA? Yeah. And back to the tennis thing, like it was cool for me to like go with you guys from people, my friends from Bakersfield to LA, which was like another world to me, because I would I would only go to visit LA. And it would be like mom's world and dad's world, you know, like Bakersfield and L.A. And of course, you're pretty excited to visit your dad, you know, if, or your parent, if you don't get to see him. But it was in uh, L.A. that I would always see my dad. So it was like this big thing, you know. Um, of course, you know, Bakersfield's kind of um, straightforward and, you know, I like it a lot. Um, but definitely coming to L.A., it's just like a mind-blowing thing. So when we came together, I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Because, like, we all joined that team just out of, like, kind of spontaneity. Or, like, I remember the clipboard lady or girl or whoever it was walking around. And, they're like, you want to sign up for the tennis team? And we are just kind of, like, sitting around. And we all kind of gradually just signed up. Like, hey, why not? You know? <laughs> I don't remember specifically, but I feel like I was there. Yeah, I feel like I was right there with everybody because we all just signed up. <laughs> we all just jumped in head first. It was like there was no, I was so crazy. Yeah. So when we came out here, and that whole thing was great too. We'd hang out at the table and, you that know, table, the table, the infamous table. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the Fruitopia machines? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, me and Mike, Big Mike. I was mini Mike, so there was the big Mike, Mike Jeffries. Right. Mm-hmm. Shout out, miss you. Um, God bless. Um, yeah, we used to, we learned how to fit our arms. You can see how my arms are still pretty skinny, mm, but like, damn, I was so they call me mini Mike. I was small, you know, skinny, so. I would be able to fit my arm right up in the machine and freaking grab sodas for everybody. That's <laughs> like, hilarious, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I could see that. Somebody that's taught me wild. that at 
Skate Lab. Somebody taught me that at Skate Lab in Simi Valley. I remember that that moment too. Some kid was like, "Hey, look! You just put your elbow in like this, and you go." Brap. I was like, "What?" He was just like, "Blah blah blah." So does he, who wants one? All right. But yeah, that was a big part of the memories because we would skate all over town, like up and down the strip. You know, I remember going because I used to live on Ming uh, by the Valley Plaza and the homies used to show up on my lawn when I started skateboarding. Because at first I was like fucking around rollerblades. I was just always kind of adrenaline. I just liked to extreme things, you know, it was fun for me. Right. But then somebody was like skateboard. I would always ask for a skateboard for Christmas. Um, but I'd get like a Nash and I'd be like, oh, I'm embarrassed to go skate this Nash, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, I like the Ninja Turtles. So I was happy about that. But um, so they usually had Ninja Turtle graphics or something. <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. like, the, like the smaller ones. Yeah. And it was like the bearings were all slow. So you didn't hurt yourself because they're basically toy boards. That, right, right, right. You know, but like. Somebody, my neighbor encouraged me one day. He's like, just skate it. Just just learn how to ollie. You'll you'll get a board one day. And like uh one day we were skating up Ming, and there's this guy with his like wife and his kid or his, his girl and his kid or something. And he was like, um, he was like, You want to buy your skateboard off, man? And we're like, we barely have any money. We're like 10, 12, but like somehow we had like 10 bucks between us. And we bought this board, and it was my first, like, actual, you know, skateboard. Like, and then I was like, all right, we're going now. Like, and then, yeah, I remember uh, skating up the strip, and there was the skate shop right there, uh, SBI. Um, Bringing Devin Calloway used to work there. We were, like, maybe 12, just skating to the skate shop. And we'd go, because he was the pro in there, you know. And, um, yeah, he was there working at the shop. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's like some, That's like, crazy. yeah, yeah like, I remember that. Yeah. So there was that. So there'd be like 10 of us just skating up the strip and we'd steal sodas and, you know, just kind of skate all day because it's hot out there. So it's like, you know, we got to drink the whole time and, and have energy and you suck down coca-cola is like a beast when you're a kid like hungry <laughs> yep. like, like drink like seven pepsis no problem like i remember just like tearing it up all the way up and down the street i mean we're all progressing and stuff as skateboarders but like it was just more the excitement of like <laughs> going out there and skating for the whole day yeah just like doing your own thing on like a weekend just like chilling with the homies I remember yeah. that. that. That's why I felt with the fucking uh, when we take those tennis trips. Like, man, like we would get in crazy situations. They couldn't control us, bro. They couldn't control us. <laughs> yeah. And the Inside Academy, too, like uh, back to West High School. Of course, I want to talk about when I moved to LA, too, but that's the thing. There's so many stories along the way. Like, but, um, yeah, the Inside Academy. I remember at West High because I was so bored with school and everything, and I was kind of just like aggravated or whatever that they forced us to be there for all this stuff. But like, when the the dude came and they had this presentation, it was like four kids, and um, they were like, "Yeah, this is all the stuff we do. We go on field trips. We make like videos, and like this was back way back in the nineties. Like I was lucky enough to have a freaking." Uh, uh my dad had a, a handy cam so i already knew a little bit like about filming our, our skating stuff and we were trying to edit stuff on like vh vhs vhrs like hooked up together actually i don't know where the tape is but we did have a video going way back it was called revenge of the marshmallows i still remember <laughs> whoa okay yeah it got lost somewhere if it ever gets found man but um so yeah, that was the start of it. And I remember Insight Academy came along and they were like, you know, you could join this this uh, group of classes and you get like more access to, to like different 
classes, technology, you know, it was environmental science and technology. So that was like kind of what got me going and skateboarding was a part of that. And then when I moved to LA, it was like I had to re-interface all of that. And then I came back again to to bake to Bakersfield again. And then I moved away again, but to San Diego this time. So I had to like re-interface the schooling and everything. But um the first time moving from Bakersfield to LA um was like um there's multiple reasons for doing it. I didn't want to leave Bakersfield at all, really. Like it was just like me calculating what I should do because uh the situation was just like I was like pretty good in school and everything and I just felt like I need to give myself the best chance and uh it wasn't anything to do with Bakersfield but my family and I don't want to blame it on them either but like because everybody has you know things growing up but like I just felt like I had to go to another atmosphere or another environment so it was sad for me to do, but I was also excited to go live with my dad. So that was cool because it was a whole different type of thing. He was very like busy, hardworking person. And um, he always like gave me anything he, he could like, cause he's worked so much. He just, he just have like enough to give people, you know? And um, like, I remember he rented out the whole skate lab the whole <clears throat> skate lab uh for me on my birthday <laughs> and the and uh like i said i always like people crossing over and into different you know cities because i had friends from different places but like well he had a birthday party for me at the skate lab and even mike mike jeffries came big mike uh vani i think came i'm trying to remember and like we invite i invited my friends from like bakersfield and la I didn't move to San Diego yet, so I didn't have friends there yet. But, like, it was so epic that he rented out the whole skate park. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I was like, God bless. Rest in peace. But, like, I was, like, blown away. But that, it was just, like, one of those memories that are just so cool that you can't, really, like, put in a bottle. But, um, yeah, I remember just that skate park doesn't even exist anymore now it, it was like a skate museum and oh wow just, yeah yeah <laughs> and wow. um yeah try not to blur it all together but it all it all ties in somewhere you know? oh yeah yeah that's amazing that's really cool and um um that's that that's really that's a really cool thing to do is to rent out a fucking skate park just fucking there you go, son. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a baller move. <laughs> yeah, and he like if I was interested in guitar, like he would he would get me he got me guitar lessons, and that was actually the reason one time when I moved back to Bakersfield. I mean, I won't get to that right away, but yeah, he he uh he he would get me guitar lessons, and like I was interested in bowling for a while, so he got me in like a bowling league. And then I, I was like getting better, but then I would get pissed off. So like one day I got pissed off because I lost so much at the the the, the you know tournament or whatever. <laughs> I just did so bad. I just got really mad. I was like, I don't ever want to bowl again. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like right. you, your choice, you know. You didn't want to right. force me. But at the same time, it was a lesson too because it's like if you give up, you give up. Like you know, it's on you. Like, like that's what I learned from it. It's, I kind of want. I wish he would have encouraged me more. But at the same time, like I would have been a bowler, or <laughs> like maybe right. that was into bowling. <laughs> that would be you'd be competitive bowling just forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. no, man, but um. You had mentioned you're married. You're married now? Yeah, yeah. I got, Congrats, I, bro. Congrats. How long have you been married? Um, Five years. Nice. Yeah, dude. almost five. It's coming on. It's coming up on five. Nice, bro. I'm part of the club, bro. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, buddy. I still got to get a ring. but. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, no, nah, it is what it is, but I'm just saying, you know. 
Yeah, I'm about the same. I'm about six years. We just did six years. And uh Whoa. yeah, man. Yeah. I'm doing it, bro. We're doing it, bro. Yeah. One of my other friends, he's been um like in a relationship, not even married, but they've been together for like 10 years, which is like the same thing. But it's right. like yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, dude. It's crazy. You have any kids yet? Uh, no, no. No kids. Oh, okay. That's cool. I would like to, but um, given the circumstances, and yeah, I don't know yet. Just wondering, because you're married. I was wondering. Just wondering. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Yeah, I got I got two boys, bro. Two boys. Let's see. Yeah. How old are they? I have a three-year-old and a five-month-old. Yeah. So it's kind of rough. So I'm glad you're able to do these late nights because it's easier for me. But at the same time, I try to help. Like, uh, like if you were to be like, hey, I need like a noon, I would be down, you know? Like to just, because this is like a, a favor to me and I appreciate it because, you know, it's like a, a dumb thing. It's just like a podcast thing. I just started with, you know, just to talk to people to catch up with people like i did one with daniel he's one of my first ones daniel romero oh yeah hello daniel yeah so i just do like a bunch of like just little conversations and yeah so it's just stuff like that you know where it's just supposed to be like catching up and they kind of catch up with you by by me showing them you and but i'm probably just gonna put this on spotify i'm probably not gonna put the video out but if i do why not i'll let you know i'll let you know yeah, dude, because that's right. That's not, that's my next topic for you. Um, you said you work with video. What, what exactly are you doing now? Can you talk about that? Or is it like a secret? You can't talk about it. Oh, I mean, there's thing I can talk about to okay. a degree. Um, yeah, I'd love to, let me put my sweatshirt on. Like, yeah, yeah. Go for it, man. Do your thing. I don't want any distractions. Um, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm doing video right now, and it's actually interesting um, because I've I've started interviewing people um, um, too. Also, and it goes back to like it started like I'm interviewing mostly musicians, but I'm also going to be doing artists and people from different lines of life or walks of life. I don't want to explain all that right now, but basically I've been um, capturing a lot of like bands and uh, music. So I've been gravitating a lot around musicians and I got I, not that I got tired of, of just filming their shows. It's just like I filmed a lot of shows and it all started with I mean, it didn't all start. A lot of it started with uh, Chris. I was shooting his uh, band in Bakersfield when I was living there again. Um, Tall Dark at 90. And uh, we had a chance to reconnect. And that was after my dad had passed too. So like I was going through some things and going back to family. And um, I reconnected with Chris and he was having, uh, he was having shows. So I started filming his band. And then I, I, I I'm I was supposed to make a music video for them. I still would love to. I don't know if it's even on the table, but point is um, that kind of thrusted me forward. That and me having to leave town again. You know, I didn't want to leave, but like my computer broke. Somebody hired me, uh, Greg, I think his name was in Bakersfield to film at the Mint, and or no, I met him at the Mint in Bakersfield, and he was filming more indie. Uh, that was kind of the, the wave around that time. I uh, can't remember the band who was big, but it was like kind of like a surfer, uh, indie rock or something. And oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He met me at the Mint and he was like, would you film a show for 80 bucks? And I was like, what? Like, I just got this camera and that's all I want to do. And so I went and did it. And I think I did a pretty good job and I put it all on my computer. But the weird thing was that 
I know. I remember looking at all the footage. It was really cool. Like my computer died. Like it just died on me. <laughs> I was like, why right now are you, are you oh, doing wow. it? Yeah. And at the same time, I was also filming and, and uh, had plans to make a music video for um, Chris's band, the, the Tall Dark and 90, which was really cool to, to, to work with them. And, and they kind of brought me into the whole vibe of it because they were like, like family and I just felt so familiar. And um, so it was like good and bad because I, I shot a lot of really cool stuff for them, but then I never really got to do much with it. But mm -hmm. then I was just like thrusted into the next world and I still have all that footage, but like, and then the, the next thing was like, okay, Venice, because I, I was like kind of couch surfing and stuff. And that's like the next, that was the next place. And um, there was just so much to watch there. I was like, wanted to film just street performers. I had this, like, I would just walk around and just want to film stuff. And that was another generation, but like, I feel bad because I would leave the last thing behind and I, I want to finish a lot of things right now. So uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the video. So that's where I'm at right now. I got to the, interviews because i filmed all these shows for like three years through the whole pandemic um because i i had my first paid music video rate or like the year before in 2019 um like two or three paid videos by really cool bands and uh i was just like feeling like God, you know this is great just gotta keep going and uh but then the pandemic happened and um like i like it was weird trying to meet up with people and make because one of both things i'm not really good at representing myself or in the past as a artist uh, because it takes like social skills like as a manager and uh sometimes that's why you're an artist in the first place because you're freaking awkward and you know what the fuck you're doing so you like do something else to like express yourself but like i used to have a manager and um he would hook me up with all these bands and these jobs and he made it kind of easy for me like i, I saw there were a lot of really cool experiences and like it was like a, a <clears throat> i don't want to call it upgrading but it was like experience for me to like you know like put notches on my belt like you know like been through battles and you know like and, and it's not even battles, but, like, just uh, different standards of work that I haven't been challenged with before. But uh, after that, it was all just me filming shows because there was no there was no certainty with anything and, and nobody was really, like, trying to put money or meet up. So I would just I ended up just shooting shows for the heck of it a lot of the time. And I would go out to, like, like you know, maybe meet up with a band, but like, it was just more in the spirit of supporting the cause. Cause I was a little bit aggravated myself that all these shows were canceled and, and nobody, you know what I mean? Like I, and I saw these people throwing these underground shows. So I'm like, all right, let's do this ourselves. Cause that's like really what it's about, you know, instead of all this, you know, K rock and whatnot, like it's great to make it big, but like, I like the heart of it, you know, <laughs> like yeah. and that's what I remember from Bakersfield too. They first introduced me uh, to a lot of music, like the whole uh, scene there on the strip, you know, there's, there's a heavy punk rock background and yeah, Dustin, Justin, uh, the twins. I don't know if you ever, <laughs> if any of you see this. They're, they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of I think one of them got hip. I hate to confuse them because I know them both separately in my head. And they're twins, but they're very different, but the same. And they're both like sick punk rock, ill, awesome people. I, I ran into, uh, I think it was Dustin. <laughs> it was Dustin. Uh, he, the one that ended up becoming a techie. <clears throat> he kind of... Uh, and it's funny because I would sit there on their computer while they're listening to all these punk rock bands and and doing all this. Like I would be I would be playing with their 
flash animation programs and stuff and they're like why are you on my computer for so long and i'm making all these like animations and stuff trying to like learn all this tech stuff just because i would just get absorbed in it you know and um but they're always there like just like super punk as fuck and like i just gravitated towards them and the other homie john who I don't know what happened, but like he, we would just skate together and we go to Baker Square. And I used to make these comics about like security guards busting skateboarders. And like it was like this big like scheme that we had. And so I'd be making these animations. And like that's kind of how I got like first, like a lot of, you know, interest in just this tech stuff. Um, but then later on, now what? One of them is like a web programmer and he he like got really like professional and you know put together and the other one like the last I heard because it's been years. But uh, yeah, the other one just stayed punk as fuck, but I think they moved somewhere else. And then there's Glenn Chesbro, fucking rest in peace, like right, 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 right. Rich, like just so many memories of awesome people, and that's one thing that's like kind of let me say that again. Awesome people. But uh, that's one thing that always kind of kept me motivated is like that I, I seem to have these really cool people around me all the time. And I always just wanted to like step up to the plate and do whatever I could to like, yeah, make something of it. You know, I could see like, that, man. I could see that because you were always like I, I told you years, maybe years ago, but since we tried, we tried to hook up this interview years ago. Uh, I told you, man, like you were like a fucking legend back in the day. Like, you know, like you were just this little guy who would just run around like you didn't give a fuck. It was fucking hilarious, dude. We would just like we would all champion you. It was just so funny, dude. Like you didn't give a fuck. Like if someone because, you know, you were I mean, you're you're an adult man now. But back in high school, you know, I, I kind of share that with you. Like I people think I'm younger than I am. And I feel like maybe you had the same rep. Because people would 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 downplay you, but you were like a savage, bro. Like I remember, a lot of people would like would like get in your face or whatever, and you'd be like, "I don't give a fuck," you know, like "fuck you," and like you were ballsy, you were brave, and you would show. I mean, you would show people that you weren't just someone just to walk over, you know. And people would try to do that, and I feel like people done that to me my whole life, you know. But you were like, like someone like i can look up to like dude he's fucking like you know he he he's not letting people just look at him and, and walk all over him just because he looks a certain way you know wow thanks yeah thank you that means a lot to yeah to hear you know from you or just someone else like you put it pretty well i mean i've thought about it myself and i don't like to get caught in my old you know uh yeah, I don't mean disrespect anything. I'm just saying, no, like you, like, you were always like, like no. The man. I've actually, it's like a good and bad part about me that I've had to face, and it's weird to talk about. But like, I was pretty like I would respond quickly to anybody who thought that I was afraid of them. Like, and uh, it's still with me today, and I have to like watch myself sometimes because like I get really me or you know i just like you know like i don't need to be <laughs> vicious it, it, it was programmed when you were a little little when you were young it was programmed when you were young in your head that you know because you had to do that that was like a defense mechanism i like 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 my thing is i relate to that because people always thought i was younger than i was and they would always like talk shit down to me even still to this day like you're saying like like i'll go somewhere and be like you know, can I see your ID if I'm buying beer or something? And I'm like, I show them my ID and they're like, that's not you. I'm like, it's fucking me, dude. Just relax. Like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? No, you can't be. You think, you really think I'm fucking 18, bro? Like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, are yeah. you I'm 37 years old, you motherfucker. Yeah, you, like, you young as heck, <laughs> yeah, anyways, you know, that's my, that's my thing is like, I feel like with you too, I'm pretty sure there's been some frustrations where, you know, people, people just like to or even just in general maybe it's just not us but in general maybe it's people that can relate to this where like people take your 
people will take your kindness for weakness. And it's uh, just like, like, like there's people out there like who, who think they're alphas and they want to fucking just like walk all over you. the role of like, you right. know, I don't know. Like, yeah. And the, like, yeah, I used to be very good at picking those people apart. And sometimes I'd make friends with them because they, I don't know, they'd, Sometimes I was, I see myself in bigger people too. Like, especially nowadays, like it's weird. Like it's almost just like internal. Like if you come across somebody who just like looks at you a certain way and then it's like, you're both communicating like, right. In a way. (laughs) So like, I I take it like, okay, it's natural, but now I'm grown up and I know how to deal with it better. You know, sometimes all it takes is a look, you know, and people leave you alone or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, I remember that back in the day, I was really quick to like, and sometimes I feel bad too, because I I was like friends with this one guy and he like hit me or something. And I just like, didn't even think about it. You know, I was like, you know, and cracked him like pretty, like, I didn't even know I could hit that good type of thing. Like. And that's kind of what happens to me sometimes. I'll be in these situations where I'm like, well, bam, bam, bam. And then I'm like, what? You know, like, but like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, defend myself. But like, this dude came at me wrong and I just straight cracked him. Like, and he was, he's like this tall and shit. And he was like, walked away all like, and I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I was surprised that- myself. But at the same time, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you're talking about back in high school yeah and i felt bad too because i was like i shouldn't what, what happened well, who's this guy what happened it was just at the ball you know the ball wall courts and shit yeah I can't, and i don't want to i don't even remember names but like maybe he remembers it <laughs> but uh yeah i have that memory where i was like i really cracked this guy and i don't know if he deserved it so much wow you just I, yeah yeah okay i i can see that i can see that happening that's crazy. Yeah. But sometimes it helps me a lot because I'm, I'm, I've been very like uh, self uh, aware or out of that too. Cause like, um, you know, confrontation is a whole deal in its own, like talking or, or fighting or what. Cause sometimes that's what's awkward or, or fearful about conversation or especially with strangers. You don't know how they're going to, acts or whatever and anything could lead to like a physical confrontation so like it's responding with it but you don't want to be so vicious that you're like you know you're overdoing it (laughs) that's what i've learned it's like there's been times where it's really helped because they have like memories of people getting hurt right in front of me because they did something horribly stupid and they were like kind of my friend, and but that like other people were my friends too, but they disrespected somebody. So now they're there's 10 people who wants to pound their face in, and like I don't know which side to take type of thing. And I have memories of uh bro having to get his freaking face reconstructed. He was from the military and he just had alcohol issues, and but he got himself in a mess, and that's what can happen. So like Sometimes that triggers me too. Like if I see people ganging up on somebody, like I just like, ah, like, especially if they get knocked out or something and they can't even defend themselves. Like, I'm just like, I don't like it either. Like I have to fight or just like, I don't know, or go away. But like, I like to leave before that happens because it's not even, it's not even my problem in the first place. Like definitely. Yeah. I understand that. Sometimes it is though. If it's it's just like yeah. it's all hard to decide when to step in. Like yeah, there's been a time where I literally rushed a whole crowd of people that was jumping somebody because somebody just died recently and they were having like this um, event sort of thing outside of where he died and there's candles. Everybody's kind of drinking and stuff. And this guy rolls up in his truck and I think he's from like kind of another country or something. And he's just like, so into his own job and what he's doing and some tech company there. And he's like my parking spot. And he has no idea like this whole situation that he's walking into. 
that's another thing I've become very observant. Like if you can observe situations, you're, you know, you're better off not you keep out of trouble. But like this guy just like, like wants his parking spot and he's like telling all these people to get out of the way, honking his horn. They don't know that these are all like mourning, uh, hurt people that are ready to take it out on anybody. And, um, he didn't realize that he's kind of like throwing off this whole event and he gets out of his car and whatever, they start yelling and shit. I'm like, dude, just stop. These guys will, they will fuck you up just for the fun of it. You know, like just, just out of, you know, like, fuck you. Yeah. More of them than him. (laughs) Yeah. Or not even the fun of it, but like they're all emotional and, uh, you know, they're, they will find a reason to fuck someone up, especially if it prevent presents itself. Right. So I'm just like watching all this and I'm like, damn, this is going to go down. This guy's going to get beat up. And then there's this moment where I'm like watching like five or four people. I'm like over in the back. And that's the thing in the past, I didn't do anything. I went somewhere else, but like this time I was like, I was like standing there. And I was like, what can I do about it? There's like four or five people, all bigger than me, probably. But like something just came to me and like, I was like, football. I just thought like football. I just, I just like, <laughs> football? Yeah, like, you know, if like you, you, you line up for the, the rush, you know? Oh, was, you're getting ready. And I was like, that's what I'll do. I'll just rush it like it's a football game. And it just like snapped to me like, some sport experience and I was like, all right, all right. And I just ran at him and I just charged all of the motherfuckers and they all fucking scattered. And I didn't even like <laughs> understand what was happening. I kind of like tumbled over people and I could have, that's the fucked up part. Like this guy's already like knocked out on the ground, possibly like if anything happens to his neck or his back or all this, like I could be at fault for trying to fucking defend his ass. If I, kick him in the head or something, but who's going to know the difference? But anyways, all these people scatter. I just, like, wake up on the other side, like, okay, it worked out, you know? And everybody left, and then this guy's still on the ground, and he's fucking weighs, like, 200 pounds at least. He's taller than me. He's probably, like, 40 years old, and I just, like, pick him up, and I'm just, like, I set him back on his car. I don't even know how I had the strength, you know? It's, like, all adrenaline, you know? It's, like, I, I pushed him back up on his truck and I was like, are you awake? Like, wake up. These guys Fuck. Like, we're about to beat your ass. Awake? <laughs> Fuck. Like, this is all I can do for you. Like, Jeez. I remember this moment, dude. And I'm like holding them. And then everybody else kind of started helping. It was weird. Everybody kind of snapped out of it. And they started like, all right, like, let's help this guy. Like, we beat him up or whatever. I don't know what happened afterwards. I'm pretty sure I just took off. I just walked away. And like, Fuck all you guys, you know? Like, like They're just paralyzed in place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Yeah, dude, like, fuck. But, yeah, that was one time when those <laughs> those, those instincts helped, helped me. But yeah. uh, I, I usually avoid a confrontation a lot. Right. But yeah. Uh Do you talk to anybody else? Like, do you talk to anyone from high school and right now at all? Yeah. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, me and rich, rich had a Richard Rogers had, have a big history together. Uh, we always have been, keeping in touch of course he's got a family now too and he's back home in bakersfield too and who else um it's like people it seems like beyond high school like um of course chris was the last person i was in touch with um and then his band member was um talking to me for a bit when i get back to all them but uh, fuck, man. Um, mainly my friend Paul. From uh, I've known him since I was like five, dude. Like, <laughs> oh wow. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, there's a lot of history. It's hard to weave it all together, but because um, some people we've lost too, like which is the worst part, like Glenn Chisro and Big Rich. Uh, too many people. My cousin, um, two cousins actually. So, yeah, I still keep in touch, but it's like I'm. Uh, everybody's pretty busy, so it's like the more uh, in common we have, I guess. Like me and you two, like do this interview video thing. I guess um, is it makes it a little easier to meet up because um, you know before we'd meet up to like smoke weed or you know go to a bar or whatever. We'll like. I'm not in the same town anymore and right. everybody has their life. So it's like, I still talk to people, say hi, like Paul, um, Rich. I hit up Chris today because it's been a while. And then um, you, anybody who hits me up, I'll, I'm always ready to respond. I hit Vonnie up. Um, not sure where he's at nowadays, but we were the crew back then. so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I I was hitting up Mike Jeffries a lot when I was in Bakersfield, but I know he's got a family too. Oh yeah. Jacob Villatoro. I spent some good time with him when I was living in Bakersfield too. We still keep in touch. Um Eric Chigi. Um I wanted up Kyle Chigi. Like we all skated together. They used to have ramps in their front yard and we're we've got a lot in common. It's just like and all this pandemic shit's been so busy and weird. But uh yeah, those are mainly people I keep in mind, you know, and try to talk to as much as I can. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've done a couple of these with Cup Dog and then I did one with Ivani. Me and Ivani are trying to do another one. Well, we'll see how really? it goes because it's just uh you know some people just you know it's hard as you get older you know people have crazy schedules and you know you know how it is we've been trying to do this for like two years <laughs> yeah almost two years it's been at least a year a year so, probably yeah maybe a little bit more than a year because one of them was near the new year and then the whole right. new year passed and that's what reminded me I was like, it's been a whole year and we still didn't get around to it. So, but we yeah. did now. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just like a thing where it's like, fuck, dude, like I'm at everyone's mercy. I'm not trying to like push anybody, but at the same time, it's like, it'd be really dope, you know, like good content, good conversation, good catching up, you know, a lot of positives, but like a lot of people don't know, like, like, like you were telling me, like, I don't know what's what, you're recording me it's weird you know it is a weird thing to ask people to do but it's it's the same time it's like you know i'm trying to give people creative freedom like is any part of this you don't like like i I told you in the beginning like let me know we'll take it out but it's just kind of like i I could see how nerve-wracking it is because it is awkward you know you know i'm trying trying to talk to everybody before i die I mean, yeah, awkward becomes a thing, but it's more the facts of the deal. It's like we're meeting up, we're recording it, and, um, like, it's special. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can try to describe it more, but, you know. Yes, it's very special. Very special. Yeah. Like I said, man, I'm trying to do one one of these with everybody I know before I die. Everybody. That's a good goal. I mean, you know, like everyone, this is this is going to be on YouTube, you know, and uh, you're immortalized, bro. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, just when it comes to my podcast, like everyone I know is going to be part of it, you know, yeah, as much people as I know. And that's another side is I'm usually on the other side of things like trying to think from your angle so like adjusting to this side because i not normally like 
enjoying being on camera or comfortable, but you know, I'm not afraid of it. It's just not my comfort zone, but it's another reason for doing it. And then if I'm going to interview people, I should know what it's like to be interviewed. It's like everything helps the other thing. Like if you're in a band and you play guitar and you play drums, then you can talk to the drummer better, you know, like, but yeah, I'm definitely consider myself an artist and I mean, fuck all that title shit and, you know, everything, but like, you know, we're all grown up. We want to do what we do well. So <laughs> I guess I could leave it at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been in so many ways to go. Like I've been as, such a follower of philosophy and like I formed these idols over the years like especially I don't know with all the moving around and stuff and just like bracing myself somewhere I found myself like idolizing like Muhammad Ali and like Bruce Lee and then I would end up spending time alone and just like playing guitar or like studying philosophies and shit so i kind of like went off on a tangent but um that also helps with the real world stuff because like we're all in our own heads and like i don't even want to get to ai but like just being a person you know there's so much to take in and then friendships to keep going and then yourself to keep going and um everything helps like all the philosophy stuff and then whatever you're interested in like that's what keeps you going like all the like the music like music is obviously like somewhat of a drug for me or something and skateboarding you know like stuff like that that people just like to do to make life better <laughs> the making videos getting you know information from people that are living you know i, I, right. I dig it and yeah the history of it all that's the uh, epic part <laughs> um yeah who knows where humanity is going and we we lived through uh what the, the 80s the 90s the, the 2000s the, yeah nowadays interesting part of time we knew uh life before cell phones which is crazy like we just missed that um we we just missed the uh like i remember in junior high what did you go to actus no rich went to actus i went to thompson i went to thompson as well okay so i remember we did that like um we had like a class where you had to learn like typing. Oh yeah. And like I think we were at the beginning of that because that wasn't a thing like for my parents. Like because my parents sucked at like on the typewriter. Like yeah, like my parents sucked at like they had to like look and shit. But I, we knew how to do it without looking, you know, like fucking typing and shit. So I remember that was like a thing. Like we know how to type, they don't. Um and I remember like we used to do like the thing where like after tennis, I'd call my mom to pick me up and I use the fucking payphone right there by the fucking benches. And I would just be like, you know, 1-800-COLLECT. And they'd be like, uh, what, what, say your name right here. And I'd be like, mom, pick me up. You right. know, it was like, no one, the kids now don't know about that shit. Right. They don't know about that. And people are taking like if you see a if you see a what do you call it a, a phone booth <laughs> I barely know what to call it anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if you see a phone booth, you almost want to take a picture of it. And people a phone like, booth. Yeah, what do you call that shit? A phone um, <laughs> phone spot. A phone spot. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, phone booth. It's like it sounds weird, but you're right. It's, what else can you say? That's what it was called, the phone booth. A phone booth. Yeah. What did you call it now? Yeah. Phone. A phone spot. That's what I, I'm petitioning. Phone spot, guys. 
thinking of like a total machine, uh, a, a phone vending. That's too much. My wife was pissed the other day because uh, um, they don't have like like um, fucking like like photo centers anymore. She's burnt. Oh, centers. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like go online now. Yeah, there's only like a few left. Like yeah, I think Sammy's cameras even they only have like one location now, or I don't even know, but I've only seen one and I don't even know if that one exists. Right. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, no more. No more Photoshops. Yeah. Yeah, but one of the shows I went to, like, I, it was like last minute. Of course, I ordered the lens online and rented it online, but I still had to go to a shop to get it. And I ended up needing a tripod. And there was an old dude there who ran the shop. He's been shooting cameras for God knows who, how long, you know. And he's like, I got a tripod. I'll rent it to you for 15 bucks. Like, you know, right there on the spot. Like, you know, like. It's hard to find nowadays. Like you just roll into a shop and like, hey, I need a tripod. <laughs> and that was like shipping. And oh wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, there's apps too, like you know the sharing apps. But yeah, it's just changing the world. That's the whole 